Hello, my name is Naranjan, the host of Master of Your Crafts podcast. Learning from leaders who are continuously inspired, passionate, and driven to align with their soul purpose, sharing their gifts to bring healing to others. The music is composed by Rebecca Everett. episode number 15 and we're going to be talking to Bianca Forti. She's the founder of Next Edition, a boutique communications agency in Toronto. She's a deep thinking visionary and writer committed to helping businesses develop authentic, purposeful content. Her love for collaboration and helping clients authentically express themselves has allowed her to establish enduring relationships across various industries in Canada, the US and Europe. Bianca has harnessed the power of her craft to continuously reinvent herself and take her life in a new direction. Her conviction to actualize her aspirations into existence is the driving force for her career, life and the legacy she hopes to leave behind one day. So hello and welcome to Bianca. Bianca, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well and I'm excited to have this call with you because I know you have some interesting insights and wisdom that I'm curious to hear and I'm sure our listeners would be equally curious to learn about your path and process. Um, But just to go back a little bit in terms of what you do. So you're a copywriter, you do communications, and that's kind of what you've done for a number of years. Yes, that's correct. But something happened, something shifted, something changed in your world. And I'm curious as to what that was. Yeah, so I've had two shifts. I would say the first happened about three and a half years ago. And that's what kind of... um, course corrected me onto my entrepreneurial path that was in 2017 so I quit a very stable corporate job I was working in financial services an industry that I loved I just wasn't being fulfilled and I had a side gig um, providing communications and copywriting services just to people I started off writing resumes anyways I propelled that into a full-fledged full-time business which I've been doing for the last three and a half years and ironically when people would ask me what I was doing with my life or what my job was I'd have a very difficult time saying that I was a writer it's as as if that was my title but I didn't identify with that Mm -hmm. but then again ironically when you and I had our first conversation and we had first kind of come into contact something very significant happened to me again. And I would say that, you know, some people call it like a dark night of the soul or, you know, continued awakening or whatever you want to, whatever you want to title it. But it's, I would say it's like a very confronting internal experience. I would, I would position it as almost like an internal conflict with the person you are in that moment 
and the person you're supposed to be. And it's the old, this old version of you is no longer viable. So it's like, you need to step into something new and, you know, the resistance, it, it, you know, it could come in the form of tears. It could come in the form of any type of, in any type of way. So in my personal experience, it was a pit in my stomach and, um, tears, not sad tears, but almost like tears of not understanding what was happening. So I used my craft writing to kind of figure out, navigate that. And it basically gave me kind of a completely new vision for what my future is supposed to be. So what that is, I don't know exactly what that is per se, but it's down a trajectory of music. Mm -hmm. which is completely foreign to the first 28 years of my life because never played an instrument, but I am somebody who absolutely loves music and I have rhythm. <laughs> I'd like to think. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, you know, I began kind of pushing myself in this direction and realized how much I actually belonged in it. So it's just like this continuous self-discovery. And I, I believe that this is not the only time it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen even more further. It's just every time, every shift or every awakening you have kind of narrows the focus and mm -hmm. brings you closer to where you're supposed to be. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in it as we speak. So <laughs> you're that's catching me at a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all really exciting to not only for me to witness that from an outsider perspective for you be to you being on that journey and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel so to speak but observing you go through that process was an experience for me that i've seen through many but in the same token for every single individual it's a very different experience Oh, absolutely. There is no cookie cutter, um, like our archetype of what this is supposed, it's supposed to look like. It's the, probably the most, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, the most uncomfortable process. And any, everybody um, is, I believe, has a creative calling. Anybody who says that they're not creative, that is a belief that you put on yourself that isn't everyone is creative in their own right. right. I believe that. And, um, I think the experiences, and if you're, you're listening, you know, to yourself and to your gut, um, you know, life will take you in the direction to kind of uncover what that is. You know, for some mm -hmm. of us, it's when we're really, really young, like there's that, mm -hmm. there's no blocks for mm -hmm. me, I was 28. So there's no right, right time. There's no, there's no boundaries. There's no manual but it's very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. I suppose at that point is when you truly know there's something else happening. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I like to consider myself as somebody who has a relatively open mind. And I think that there's so many ways that you can communicate this message to people regardless of what they believe in what they don't believe in so if you know if you're not somebody who believes in god or if you're not somebody who believes that's fine you can just mm -hmm. you can in your in semantics which is what i'm doing every single day of my life you know <laughs> that's the universe or it's an external it's a it's a force that is bigger than you 
mm-hmm. that is it, that is guiding you in that direction. Mm-hmm. And when you it when you accept that that that's happening, everything else just falls into place from there. Because right. the unex there's no logic to it. It does not make sense. And if you try to explain it to somebody, they might look at you funny. And I think the biggest thing with that is being comfortable that, you know, not everybody's going to understand it, but as long as you have that vision and as long as you feel it in your gut, Mm -hmm. you can make it happen. Like you can make it happen. Like Mm -hmm. you'll have the conviction, like since the last time I spoke to you and now the conviction is at a, is at a 99. Like mm-hmm. it's there. Like when you bet, it's, you, it's how much are you willing to bet on yourself is definitely the, the deal breaker. But my conviction, the more that you think about it, the more that you don't deny yourself of what you're feeling, the more you can step into it and the more you can actually just live it and do it. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you got it and you got it from such a a place that came left field because we have talked before and from yes. what I understand there might have been small remnants of an aspect of change which I believe you looked upon and investigated a little bit but nothing to this magnitude so can you share a little bit about were there some drops along the way or were there crumbs along the way that really put you in that space of this is what that was leading me to? I always like to look at the timeline for my 25th birthday. That mm-hmm. was in August of 2016. It was like an unfolding of like mm-hmm. everything. And, you know, I started to get some external assistance, but I think that the external assistance being like I was talking to someone like so from 2016 I was talking to one person but then last year I met this lady um, named Eva who helped me kind of come home to myself in those ways and I think that more profoundly like while I was on that journey from 2016 to uh, 2019 I feel like last year was like the most rapid shifts that I've Mm -hmm. experienced because you know, I was working closely with someone and I was being held accountable to myself through that work. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like when you're working with somebody, they're not, and you know this because you have mm-hmm. there, it has to be like a dual, you have to be doing right. it for yourself too. Right. So yeah. peaks and valleys for sure last year, but I would mm-hmm. say that the remnants were most vivid in the relationships that I was having with other people because I was seeing how I was showing up in those relationships. Right. So these are personal relationships um, Mm -hmm. that I'm referring to um, because I was seeing, you know, how many times I was being redirected and how many times things weren't working out. And I was kind of like pushing against and pushing against. And I was seeing where I was resisting personally, Mm -hmm. but in hindsight, the beauty of hindsight, I'm seeing that I needed, I needed those things to happen in order for me to, you know, one, understand what I want better. And ironically, it's none of those things. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm making sense right now, but mm-hmm. 
And I'm in a space right now where I'm so content with just being by myself and almost knowing that I need to be by myself in order to execute on this random shift that I've experienced in the month of June of 2020, mid pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm exactly where I need to be. And it's like, it was like four, four and a half years, three and a half years in the making type of thing. Right. And right. I was being led and it was like, there's sign, you, you said this to me about the sign, like reading the signposts mm -hmm. and I was doing that. I just didn't know that that's what they were. Like I was doing right. it unconsciously. So what is it you believe about yourself? So you've been on this journey, you've had some pivotal experiences in your life that's changed the trajectory of your life or how you envision it to look like and move forward. What does that mean to you? And what does that say about Bianca, about who she is? And does it, does it define you in any way? So I think that one thing I know for sure about myself in the last, over the last little while, is that I know that I can put my mind, like that if I want something, and I put my mind to it, I can make it happen. That is for sure. Okay. I will say that I want something. I will be called a dreamer. I'll be called, well, it's not that easy. And in my head, I'm like, if I, again, if I want something, I will mm -hmm. make it happen. And I know I can make it happen. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely one thing that I believe about myself. I also think, and I think that this is something that I'm continuously working on is just learning how to embrace my natural like abilities and harnessing those as much as possible. Because I feel like, um, and this is so funny because I did a prompt this morning that made me kind of come to this conclusion, which is perfect because it's supporting <laughs> me right now, <laughs> is that I was one of those kids. I was an old soul as a kid. I just knew things that I shouldn't have known. I had to keep my mm -hmm. mouth shut because it's like, you're four. Why are you saying that? Okay. Why are you saying that? Right. So I think for the most part, and you know, I was not, I, I think I use the word stifled a little bit. So, mm -hmm. because I have a very strong personality, I have an opinion about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I want, I ultimately, I know this sounds a little bit idealistic. I just want to make this world a better place. Mm -hmm. And whether it's through something that I'm doing or being a part of something that's doing something good, but I was, I was kind of forced to kind of dim a lot of who I was growing up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in the friendships that I had, you know, some people couldn't handle it because I think that what I exude and I learned this and I didn't realize this, this is something that, you know, family members tell me because I, you know, misunderstanding situations is I have a natural self-confidence mm -hmm. to myself mm -hmm. and a, a and certainty and security. And this is saying this in the most not full of myself way I just right. because I wasn't even aware of it until it was okay. brought to my attention mm -hmm. and that is such a rare and positive attribute why am I not mm -hmm. using that to better my own life instead of yeah. hiding it to make other people feel comfortable right. so I think that I'm learning that's why I said learning I'm yeah. learning to harness those things so that I can you know 
make the visions and goals that I have for myself, mm-hmm. may then be unrealistic or not, come true. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely, but I think that I will always bet on myself. Beautiful. I love that. It's having that concrete definition of who you are and that strength in owning your own strength, which is often overlooked in a very egotistic way, absolutely, in many forms and in many cultures even, I think. Um, But in the same token, it's an attribute that I feel is often overlooked so readily and so simply as human beings, but yet when we're in the face of applying for a job or getting a contract or looking at the skill sets we have as a business owner or in that scenario, then we have to be a little stronger in our own confidence, in in our strength, in our attributes that we have been told and shared that we should dim our own light. But it's actually the opposite, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very courageous for you to identify that and to really step into it. And I want to say at a relatively young age, because I think it's it's true because I've come across many who are still challenged in their much later years of life in owning that confidence and in owning that strength of their trait and their personality of that's just the way they are born to be on this planet, which takes me on to another question of what do you feel your calling is in life? Since you've been so retrospective and you've been so introspective in looking at who you are, the people around you, and looking at your own behaviors and insight and now having these amazing goals that you've set for yourself, where does that fit in what you, Bianca, want to contribute in life? Okay, so I think that at this point in my life, I understand that like my strength is in writing, right? That's by trade, like that is what my strength is. But I used to go by trade, but by craft, that's what I... Um, and you know, right now I have a vision that I would like to go in a direction in a musical direction or in but. some, but I think whole holistically, my goal is to write something that outlives me. Hmm. So I think that that is my, like, is to create something that is going to impact someone else mm-hmm. far, like well beyond like my time here on the planet. Yeah. And I think that right now I'm being like, I think that it could be in any, in, in any situation. I keep it open-ended because I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that is. And I think that mm-hmm. that's going to be, that's what I'm bracing myself for because, you know, everyone, everything I've been reading, everyone tells you how hard it is and all that type of stuff. But I think that, I think that broadly speaking, my calling is to do something like that is to, mm-hmm. When you look at something and you can say to yourself, like, I know I have the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. You have to follow that. 
and not just keep it in your head. You have to do something so that you can actually make that happen. And And I was saying this in studying and reading about people that are doing the things that I do. So from a musical perspective, like I would love to be with somebody while they're playing an instrument and write the words while they're playing. Mm. Because I just believe that I can do something like that. You know, is that my calling? Like, we're going to try. We're going to try. But I think ultimately writing something. So whether it's a book, a poem, piece of poetry, like anything, anything. Right. That's surpassed. Like, you know, maybe I'm writing music for the rest, writing lyrics for the rest of my life, but Mm. it's a book that I write that is going to, you know, capture people or Mm -hmm. vice versa. So Mm -hmm. I could write a book and it sells 10 copies, but it's getting into the right hands and it's helping someone. So, right. Yeah. Right. Bianca, you had mentioned that the creative field and the creative aspect of music has not really been an element of who you were, who you are growing up. You never learned to play an instrument or anything like that. So other than feeling the drive and the passion and the desire to write these lyrics and share those pieces, what else happened? How did that connection even form? <laughs> like, I'm just thinking, like, if people that know me listen to this, they're going to be like, what the heck is she talking <laughs> You and me both. Because it, is so, because it is so foreign to, like, mm-hmm. who, like, I am pre-June 9th. I always say pre-June 9th, <laughs> post-June 9th. that was the Sunday night where my world just like crashed no so I mean my whole life and I owe this to my parents because they just naturally have fantastic taste in music but and my brother and I as well like my brother's in film so we're both like just creative again I wrote myself off of being creative but in our adulthood we're very very creative we're both like like writers And, you know, we're just, we have such eclectic taste. And I know that I I keep saying this, but I was born, I lived before because you can't be seven years, you can't be 10 years old and listen to Depeche Mode and like kind of want to, and feel nostalgia. Right. So that's kind of, so there was definitely, and you also can't go to every house party into your twenties and take control of the music when you get there. So there is definitely like those are actually that speaks to your last question those remnants kind of like those are little Mm -hmm. pieces like it's definitely a big part of who I am like Mm -hmm. the music that I listen to Mm -hmm. um but what happened so I kind of watched I was watching some shows I was definitely watching I watched uh Sweet Magnolia and mm-hmm. they were just, it's just this new show on Netflix. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I love this part of town, the small town, so cute. So I was like, okay, like natural next step, because it was only one season. I'm like, I'm going to start watching Nashville. Okay. Ever in my life have I watched Nashville? I've seen like a couple of episodes in passing, but I started to watch and it's a show. Like it is a fictional representation mm-hmm. of real life. It is not by mm-hmm. any chance, like by any means real, mm-hmm. but it triggered something. Mm-hmm. because one of the girls in the show has this notebook that I have my best friend bought this for me it's like very similar 
beside me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have one of those. And she's just like writing random stuff down. And I always write random stuff down, like random thoughts. But I actually realized at that point that I hadn't written anything personally in like two years. Because, mm -hmm. you know, my business took off. You know, I was writing mm -hmm. for everybody else except myself, ironically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it was like three nights of like not being able to sleep and waking up thinking about this show. But I wasn't thinking about the show. Like it was like all a very big illusion. I was like, why the heck am I thinking about this show so much? It's a show. I'm, I have to stop. And I was getting anxiety about watching it. And I'm like, what? And then I'm like, okay, take a step back. Let's assess what's happening because thankfully in my life and at this point in my life like I have the tools because I have the assistance to kind of mm -hmm. navigate these like situations whereas the first mm -hmm. time I had this type of awakening I was like what is happening whereas right. now I'm like this is a little bit familiar yeah and I realized that I'm like why have I never even pursued anything like this because mm -hmm. I, so the girl, she, anyways, she was a writer. She's, but they turned her poetry into music, all this stuff. Anyways. So it was, I just thought, I'm like, well, I'm like, I could do, I'm like, I would love to do that. Like, and then, you know, you find 15 reasons about why you can't. Mm -hmm. Then you read about songwriters who like, some don't play musicians. Like some don't, some aren't musicians. Some are concept yeah. writers. Yeah. Anyways, that led me to buy a piano. So I have a piano right next to me. Oh my goodness. So like in 48 hours, I had, my, God bless my father, actually, our first conversation, he was dropping off my piano. That's right. That's so right. I ordered a keyboard. I want, anyways, so I'm, going, I'm jumping back and forth, but in January of this year, I was mm -hmm. like telling one of my girlfriends, I'm like, I feel creatively blocked. She goes, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, I don't mm -hmm. know. And I left it. I'm like, I really want to get a piano. But then I, again, like five months went by and no mm -hmm. piano in sight. And then it resurfaced. So this was mm -hmm. happening at the beginning of this year. I was feeling right. it. Right. And then I purchased the piano and I'm playing the piano with the intention of learning the interest instrument because I want to learn it, but it's going to be a tool for me. I already know. Mm -hmm. I knew mm -hmm. for a while. Mm -hmm. And when I play it, my insides want to play it, but I just, mm -hmm. I have to develop the skill to play it. So right. that's just like, one thing on my checklist that I'm doing so that mm -hmm. it was like all piecing together so I thankfully have a brother who has experienced something very similar from a creative standpoint because he's an artist through and through I never really identified myself as an artist mm. but now I do mm -hmm. and he was just like I know exactly how you're feeling mm -hmm. and how you're feeling is okay and that kind of grounded me and allowed me to work from that point Mm -hmm. and start to see where the fear was talking yep. and where I was and where mm -hmm. I was is like I have the conviction I can do this and then it's like well you don't play an instrument and then any fear or any line item that was kind of discrediting this dream or calling mm -hmm. was being refuted in the research that I was doing mm -hmm. so it's just like well you don't need to know how to play an instrument and you mm -hmm. don't need to and you don't need to do any and, and I'm like well, I guess I have no choice. I guess I just got to do it now. So, right. 
Yeah. That's so that's kind of like how it came to be. By no means am I starting a music career because I started watching Nashville, like, or I saw a writing <laughs> career because I watched, but I believe that that was like a straw that broke the camel's back type of thing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. put me into meltdown mode. That's so. <laughs> but the best meltdown ever. Like I was calling it a meltdown, but it was like the, the it was like a beautiful waterfall of goodness. But in that moment, it was, if I can, if I can share from my perspective of what of I observed, it was a knowing that something is so different, but yet, like I said to you at the beginning, it was so beautiful to see and to observe that, recognizing it's so different, but in the same token, a willingness to accept the shift. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah, I said, I opened the door and walked through it as opposed to closing it and being miserable. So that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And I, be- and then I'm, what I'm starting to see is, and I just like hindsight is my BFF. Like I love hindsight <laughs> <laughs> because, and I always try to tell this to my friend, I'm like, you're going to be so thankful that this happened because hindsight is teaching me that because I was kicking myself. I'm like, I'm 28. I'm like, going on 29 I'm like why didn't I realize this when I was 17 like why didn't and I believe that every single moment leading up to this point has prepared me to do this yeah you know I'm glad that I've been in business and I've been a business owner for three and a half years because in order to enter or do something like this you need to have you know a business sense Mm -hmm. and you need to have you need to be strong-willed and you need to Mm -hmm. be resilient and you need to be persistent I am all yep. of those things, but I also yep. think that I've consolidated those skills and hone in on those skills because of the experience that I've had over the last three and a half years. Absolutely. I would have I'm completely different than who I was leading the co- corporate world yeah. and, you know, doing things on my own mm-hmm. and my communication Absolutely. skills and all that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. I stopped kicking myself about a week and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> sudden realizations three weeks <laughs> Bianca I know, I'm, trying. Half ago. I'm, I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying but yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah it's pretty interesting it's pretty interesting so where do you there's a couple of things I want to unpack yeah there. unpack one one being is a lover for words you have a love for words, copywriting, communications, be it you do it for somebody else or you use them as your own. Where did all the labeling come from? The labeling of having to do this, of calling myself an artist and what that definition means to you. And do I have the skill sets to start my own business or the doubt that other had, others had in you in following your mission and following that drive, where does that labeling aspect of you come from? Oh, and your definition of all of these words? The labeling, I think the labeling is just like my need for certainty and understanding like what's going on all the time. It's okay. just, it's my way to control everything. Because mm-hmm. if you can name what you're doing, then you can quantify it. And if you can quantify it, you can monetize it. It's just like this mm-hmm. vicious, like, and I say vicious because 
that is the opposite of art. There's no, and my need to control everything, like from, from the moment that I graduated high school, like went to Western for four years. And from then, like I went, I got right into a postgraduate program. From there, I started working. I started working from the minute I left university and I didn't stop. And I was like, I'm going to be a VP and I'm going to do this. Well, that changed. I started my own business. But in starting mm -hmm. my own business, I feel like unconsciously the doubt of other people in my, in my success made me be so, um, like, it's like almost like I created the label so that I could give an answer to people if they were asking what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So it was like, well, like, what's my next step? And like, you know, financial security and like, you know, all of those things are important, but I think the labels um, were like a security blanket, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm a female entrepreneur. Like I'm this, I'm that. It's like, okay, like, how about this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. And it doesn't matter what I'm called. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I embrace those titles that I have, but now for the first time, and I've, again, I've been a copywriter for three and a half years mm -hmm. now, now I, this is the only time I actually feel comfortable telling people that I'm a writer because I believe that I'm a writer. I believe that that is my craft. Like I believe that mm -hmm. that is that is who I identify with. That could change mm -hmm. for sure. But I think that when people ask me, I'm saying it for a different reason. Mm -hmm. So I think the label is like definitely like my way of like trying to control the narrative in my own life which is ironic, very ironic now that I'm saying it. Um, whoa, I'm having a big aha moment right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like trying to like, like try to write the ending, I'm trying to write the ending like right now. And it's like, you don't know what is going to happen. You just need mm -hmm. to, and that's where my intuition comes in and I'm working on that, where I'm trying mm -hmm. to listen to my gut mm -hmm. and be guided intuitively in what I'm doing, which is why I do all of the, Right. work that I do right, right, right. myself love it beautiful love that. love that I'm glad that you asked that mm -hmm. so you said earlier there was an element of you that loves 2020 that loves hindsight so you can look back trace back the steps and the situations that happened in your life that put you to that space to take it a step further and to challenge you a little bit, what if you didn't have the ability to look back and it was just that moment of that one pivotal moment at that time was all you had? So, you know, it's so funny because in you asking me that question, I realized that hindsight is kind of like a double-edged sword because you, can only learn so much from what you've done. And that's just where my perfectionism comes in because I try to use hindsight as my tool to, you know, make better decisions in the future. But sometimes you have to make mistakes in order to learn from them in that moment. And that's not something that hindsight can help you do. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if I didn't have hindsight, I think it would be a lot more difficult not that it would be a lot more difficult because I just think that if I have enough conviction in what I'm doing, there would just be a lot of back and forth. Okay. 
within myself, like internal conflict, Mm -hmm. because, you know, like I use those experiences to kind of help me justify, you know, like you can grow, you can evolve and all those types of things. But I think that if I didn't have it, I would still do it because the pain, I feel like I'm quoting Stephen Bressfield because I just read his book because Mm -hmm. the pain, Steve, go Steven. No. So he, so he says something in his book that it's, it's like the pain of not doing it is worse than just doing it. So like when you want to do something, but you're just like, this is too difficult to achieve. I can't do this. It's like not doing it and just like being complacent physically hurts you. So Mm -hmm. you have no choice. So you're just like, okay, I guess I just got to go for the dream then. It's like, I guess Mm -hmm. I just got to do this. So I believe that I would still be, um, I would still, hindsight isn't the reason why I'm pursuing it. It's that reason right there. And I think that that's a great, great that you asked me that because that was also another thing that was like the pit in my stomach. It, It was like, I think I was just like, stifling it for so long Mm -hmm. and I didn't even give myself an opportunity to dream anything for Mm -hmm. that matter so Mm -hmm. not even just when it came to my career like I'm like when people ask me what my dreams are I'm like do I even have dreams do I even allow myself to dream Mm -hmm. then I literally spent an afternoon in the park I'm like making myself daydream and Mm -hmm. I wrote because I was like why have I not let myself even go there and I did and I just feel like it's like completely changed my outlook on everything because it allows you to visualize the things that you want yeah and it's not like it's like out of this world it's these are things that are very much like able to happen right so that was like a combination of both how different was that from you writing copy or writing some lyrics and putting some things together because writing is still a very creative element right and so you're engaging that part of the brain but in the same token daydream is doing the same thing so was it difficult or was it challenging for you to get from writing to daydreaming oh yeah so this is the thing about and I'm learning this and I was actually speaking about this yesterday with my brother that it's Mm -hmm. actually painful some days to just like get in front of your notebook Mm -hmm. I write I write with my pen not on my Mm -hmm. laptop like if something notable is coming out I will date it and I'll put it in my google drive I'll type it out but I usually write with my notebook but it it's so funny how I'll avoid the notebook like yesterday avoided the notebook all day it was like Mm -hmm. before I went to bed I'm like I got this like little sap. I'm like, okay, it's time to get in front of the notebook. But Mm. I think that, so you, you know, writing, writing something down on paper, but then tapping into who you are and yourself and what you dream of and what you visualize and fantasize and think in your gut, Mm -hmm. that is the conduit of magic. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get there is to just right so Mm -hmm. all I can't tell you how many times like it's kind of like mutually exclusive because sometimes you just need to start the act of writing Mm -hmm. and just let the thoughts come out on the paper right and I'll be writing paragraphs and then I'll just start 
then I'll get a, an idea and I'll just like, I have so many one-liners in my phone that will come mm-hmm. to me at random points of the day. Mm-hmm. And then I use those as prompts on a different day. Okay. So it's like, okay. Cause maybe I'll be in the headspace and something like I was at a, at a cottage this weekend, staring in front of the water. And I'm like, can some inspiration please make its way <laughs> here? Like this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Where the heck is the inspo? It doesn't work like that. Okay. You just got, it's the ongoing commitment of Mm -hmm. getting in that space and letting kind of go of what the outcome of it's supposed to be. And then I always say like, that's when God infiltrates the situation Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. higher power or Mm -hmm. source energy. And that's where your soul kind of comes into it too. And it's being mindful too during the day. Like, yeah. you know, if you're going to go for a walk, don't, you don't necessarily need to be doing anything. And I was, I was just told this actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't have to be distracted all the time. You can just like, that's like, give yourself an opportunity for things to kind of happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so interesting that you're creating this element of space. You're creating this blank, be it on your notebook or be it between what's between your ears. Because as a 20-some-year-old, the perception of that demographic is that the attention is not there. The, the drive is on overdrive. And to make a change and to make a difference and to run with everything at full speed rather than retract him back and just breathing through the process. Definitely. So I think it's such an interesting process that you're going through to come back to center. Oh, yeah. And I, and honestly, I believe that again. I'm not, this is not something that I'm, this doesn't, this does not come natural to me at all. Like Mm. at all. I feel like, you know, I've done been doing a lot of work on this, you know, with, you know, I've been working very closely with someone to make sure to get me in this space because like, like I had a gut feel like like a year and a half ago, I had a gut feeling like, I'm like, I need, I need I need help. (laughs) I need help Mm -hmm. with this for sure. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So, you know, this is something that this is not natural to me. So like, I'm constantly, constantly showing up Mm -hmm. so that I can, so that I can get to that space because it's only in this way, will I be able to kind of see this through because Mm -hmm. this is like a lifelong thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a huge misconception to think that, um, well, this is going to be done in two years. <laughs> so in mm. two years, I'm going to have to stop working on myself because that's just like not even right. remotely. So I think because I've like kind of come to that conclusion and I know that this is going to be kind of like a for rest for the rest of my life thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, o- I'm okay with like taking it slow. Okay. Because it's, because, you know, like I am young I mean, for Mm -hmm. some reason, I don't think that I'm that young, but Mm -hmm. I am. Um, And 
I would rather do this the right way than rush into something. Because I find that even in my personal life and in the personal relationships, or I'll make hasty decisions and impulsive decisions for instant gratification, which I think is a really great way to describe my generation. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I would rather do this properly and mm-hmm. agile and mm-hmm. not get ahead of myself. Right. And I think in doing that simultaneously, you're like allowing things to happen as well. Like yeah. you're not trying to control the situation. You're kind of like letting nature take its course. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge in itself. Reach. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely a challenge. So your language is words. Your language is creativity. And your intention is legacy. What is really in your word? That's my definition. What's your definition of your intention and your craft? think that I kind of circle back to the one-liner I wrote you because I feel like it just like perfectly encapsulates it and I came to this conclusion like over a, like the course of like a few days where it's like you know I always look at something creative as like a container of something that kind of like it's timeless mm-hmm. and that like people can enjoy mm-hmm. and I I want to make you laugh and use this as an example because I was on a streak of watching all these Robert Redford movies during quarantine. I'm like, I love Robert Redford, everyone. Like, I love him. And he's just like such a fantastic actor. So like versatile and, you know, so handsome. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I was just, I, I always do this after I, I research and I, you know, I saw how old he was and I thought, yeah. you know, his movies will live on after him and like that's because of a piece of art he contributed to and I think I kind of left this out um but there's like this like collaboration that I crave Mm -hmm. in the work that I want to do like I want to work with people to create these things like maybe it's not just going to be me and I'm totally fine with that because Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with me being responsible for the thing like uh, me being um, like knowingly responsible for the thing that makes a change or an impact. But it's like, I just like want to be part of something that creates something that Mm -hmm. outlives me. So Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really important to distinguish because, you know, how many songwriters are out there? They're, you know, they get a credit, but you know, it's the performer that gets credit. That's really fun. I don't care about that. As long as the words that I've written yeah. are being magnified in some kind of way, I yeah. would be just beside myself. Mm. So that's, mm. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting perspective and interesting way of using that craft and using that language of to inspire, I guess, almost. Yeah, I mean, I think inspire, like comfort, like really and truly, like when you read something, it can enrage you, it can mm-hmm. 
make you sad. It can make you happy, but ultimately it's like inciting some kind of emotion in a person. Mm -hmm. And I always like, I think something I do personally is like, I love relating to other people or positioning things in a way that are going to relate to other people. It might not relate to everyone, but if you're going through heartbreak or if you're, you know, a strong woman who feels like their voice is being like, is unheard, or you're just Mm -hmm. not able to show up as yourself, regardless of what the sentiment of what we're trying to say is, Mm -hmm. if it could just like create someone like make someone's day or just like or if somebody just could just nod even a nod yeah yeah a nod of agreement like anything like that would just be like put simply so cool like how cool Mm -hmm. would that be and I Mm -hmm. think that that is what keeps me like not humble but like grounded is just like it would just like I some for some like a big part of me just wants to do it because it'd be really friggin' cool. Yeah. So, and I, I love that because it's just like so easy to explain. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have this like big complex explanation. That's right. Yeah. And also looking at it from a perspective of fun. Yeah. Of playfulness rather than I want to make X amount of thousands of dollars by the end of two years. It, fun and it's playful and you're tapping into that dream space and using those aspects of you that are so innate without you even knowing it right yes that just spoke so that I love everything you just said (laughs) because I feel like you perfectly captured like that x amount of dollars by 2022 like that was like pre-June 9th Bianca (laughs) I don't care about those things but now I'm just like give me my piano and a bowl of cherries and a big cup of coffee and my notebook. And I am like set for life. Right. So yeah, that, yes, I love that. Right. It's so important though. I think often we get thrown into a different projection to strive and to live out a life that's labeled from other people's perspective. All those who have wonderful, amazing, and great intentions, but in the same token that are not truly aligned for us. So as generations come onto this planet and as we grow old and we evolve and every generation and every person has their own space and their own purpose and their own skill sets and attributes and calling and intentions that they are here to truly live through and I think those are the pivotal pieces that we often miss based on what our grandparents want from us and our parents want from us and our aunts and uncles and all that or your peers and Mm -hmm. but I think that there needs to be like a level of understanding with oneself to be able to kind of discern you know am I living the life that I want to live or am I living a life that I think that I should be living? Mm-hmm. And I think what happened with me personally on June 9th mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is that my fear, like that feeling, that sickness that I was having yep. was just like this overwhelming fear of an unlived life, my right. unlived life. 
Mm. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, if I do, I'm like, if I don't go here or I was trying to move to California at one point, but then COVID mm-hmm. happened. So then I could, I had to come back, which is fine because that mm-hmm. was what was supposed to happen. But it's like a part of me is like, you know, you're going back there. And mm-hmm. I tell myself that almost like out of fear because I'm so scared that I'm going to forget or not hold myself accountable to the things that I want. And then five years are going to pass and I'm going to be living a life that's not mine, but more of like the life that was expected of me, mm-hmm. status quo. Like there's nothing about me that is status quo, which is, mm-hmm. it's just, there isn't. Right. And that fear every day, I have it every day. I wake up, I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> like okay, what are we going to do today to support the dream? And, you know, I still have a business to run and I love my business. Mm-hmm but I make sure that like 50% of my day, even if it means that I'm staying up a little bit later is dedicated mm-hmm. to doing and to teaching and learning and studying right. my other or my new yeah. trajectory. The new Bianca. My new, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> who am I? Like, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> the new you. The new me, oh. The new you. So with what you have learned from getting from where you were to where you are now and where you want to be, what are some of the lessons that you feel you have learned that will move you forward where you want to go, where you want to be? So I think that, you know, understanding how to, like discern the voices in your head because there is a voice in everyone's head that is telling, giving them 8 million reasons about why they can't do something. But one thing that I've learned is that there's no place for logic when it comes to this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Throw it out the window, drop it off your balcony, threw it Mm -hmm. off last week. Like it's just, there's no place for logic. People will call you dreamers. Like people call me a dreamer all the time. I'm like, okay. And like, People will call you, people will say that you're crazy. There'll be naysayers. So like accepting that there will be naysayers in your life, you know, limiting kind of like what you're sharing with people um, about this is very Mm -hmm. important. Not because you shouldn't be sharing it, but because you don't want anyone to taint your, your vision or your dream. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of reasons why people can't do things but there's a lot of reasons why they can. Right. And if you just kind of protect that conviction mm-hmm. around your dream, you will have no problem. So mm-hmm. like that is something that I, and I love that I'm saying this to you with conviction because mm-hmm. that is the key. And then that way, you know, that you're the one responsible for all the decisions that you're making and you're not making decisions based on what other people are telling you to do. Right. Because, you know, there's, again, there's a lot of reasons why it would be impossible to do something like this. But honestly, if you read any, like, if you read about the people that are, that have done the things that you want to do, you see how much you have in common with them, because that's something that I've done. And it's amazing, Mm -hmm. like verbatim, how many Mm -hmm. things that I've read and heard. And I'm like, oh my goodness. (laughs) And 
Another thing is you want to take advice from people that have the things that you want. That is something that I heard a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you have a best friend and you love her, but she's a doctor mm-hmm. or she's a, she's a dentist and you want to, you know, you want to be an artist in Europe. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. giving you a random example. Are we going to listen to the doctor mm-hmm. about how we're going to do that? No, you're not. You're going to listen to somebody who has what you want. Mm-hmm. And right. when I'm hearing the people that have what I want, all it does is make me think, well, this is way more attainable than I thought it was. Right. So, I mean, nothing comes without hard work, but it doesn't really feel like hard work. You just have to be able to, you know, understand that, you know, if you put in the time, like something will come out of it. And another thing is rejection. I think, I don't know if Abraham Hicks said this, or I don't know who said this, but rejection is protection. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you are, if something doesn't work out, if a relationship doesn't work out, if an opportunity doesn't work out, a contact, it's rerouting you, course correcting Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is like huge as well, because you're going to probably hear a lot of no's before you hear a lot of yeses, but then also you might not. Mm -hmm. So we kind of like approach things thinking they're going to be so difficult, but really like if you just act like everything's happening in your favor, you know, it probably, it is like everything is always acting in your favor, even the things that might not seem like they are. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's basically just like shifting the narrative in your own head, Mm -hmm. which is, I think what I've had to do and what I plan on doing and what I'll kind of take with me from this experience to move forward to move forward. Yeah, really interesting points and perspectives that you bring in in how you're going to be embracing and truly embodying that additional and that new language that you are learning. So I am really excited for you. Thank you. I'm excited too. And I'm honored and I'm glad that we had this conversation and were able to capture it this time. Me too. To share your desires, share your calling, sharing your shift and sharing that transition that you are going through. And no doubt there'll be a a million more that we all go through before our life is is complete. But the interim is what's so crucial. And yes, as cliche as this may sound, it's the journey that matters. It's not the destination, oh right? God, yes, amen to that. And it's so interesting how, one, I wish this conversation wasn't ending. So that's, <laughs> that is the honest to God <laughs> truth. Um, but two, it's so nice to have this place or a space in the space to actually talk about it out loud because I feel like mm. I've gained so much from this conversation, mm, having it with you. So, yeah, no, I, I, I did. It really and truly made yeah. my entire day. So awesome. Thank you so much, Bianca. And I look Thank forward you. to hearing more about you in the future. Cause oh, we'll definitely be staying connected. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Naranjan, and you've been listening to Master of Your Crafts podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review and join me next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.